live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. Why can't this world be more like Star Trek? <laughs> in the Star Trek universe, what you look like, your shape, your size, what country you come from, what planet you come from, most often, that doesn't matter. You see, we're governed as a human species by the Federation, and any species out there who wants to join the Federation is more than welcome to. All are welcome. Even the Ferengi. <laughs> the Ferengi is a species with, you know, jaggedy teeth. They look like shark teeth with huge craniums, and they are obsessed with profit. In fact, the document that they worship is called the Rules of Acquisition. And they, are they come from a misogynist culture. They would probably worship at the altar of Donald Trump. <laughs> even still, even they are welcome to join the Federation. But the world we live in isn't like that. So much of the time. And I have to look back at my old childhood for evidence of that. I remember one night in Tehran, I was sleeping. My brother was sleeping with me. We were sleeping on the ground. And all of a sudden, boom. A Scud missile landed on our street kitty corner from where we were. Every piece of glass, every sliding door, every window shattered. My brother and I are freaking out. I'm just a kid. We're confused. My parents go upstairs, and they make the decision that we need to get out of Iran. We need to get out of this war zone. That's all I had known my whole life. The Iran-Iraq war was the longest war of the 20th century. And my father had already been planning to come to America. In fact, there was a conference. He was in medical school at the time, and there was a conference he attended in California. And when he got to U.S. soil, he immediately filed for political asylum, and he was granted that. My mom, my brother, and I, we fled Tehran. We left our home behind. All we had were two suitcases. We went to Istanbul, Turkey. And at the time, Turkey had open borders. What a crazy concept. And we were in Turkey for two years. Every month, we would walk to the embassy, the US embassy. And every month, they said no. And I didn't see my father this whole time. But one month, they said yes. And my mother, the sacrifice she put in for us, alone in this foreign country with two young kids, I'm never going to forget that. So we come to the States, and we're all together again, and we discover Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> I love Cleveland. Cleveland is where we learned about America. My mom discovered Judge Judy. <laughs> My dad discovered Columbo, the detective show. My brother and I, we discovered the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Simpsons, uh, Family Time, you know, we'd watch In Living Color. And uh, I also discovered Nintendo and The Legend of Zelda. So good. So over the years growing up, 
it was very clear to me that I had a very American upbringing. You know, inside the home, we would speak Farsi, and I'd go to the Persian New Year celebration every year. But outside the home, I was just like anyone else at school. But as I got older, when I got to around my freshman year of high school, I decided I want to be cool like some of the other kids and learn about politics. And I started watching Fox News. Fair and balanced. That's, that's. <laughs> you know, I'm a 13, 14-year-old kid. I'm impressionable. And uh, I remember watching shows like The O'Reilly Factor. And I remember from time to time, Iran would come up. And they were really demonizing Iran. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, Iran is not a good place. And I started hiding behind my identity. And it was easy for me to do that. I look very white. My brother looks many, many shades darker than me in complexion. In fact, most people were shocked to find out we were even biological brothers. In many ways, we've had two different experiences, two different Americas. So I would start telling people I'm Persian, hoping they didn't know what that meant, you know? <laughs> and most of the time, it works. It just sounds so exotic, like the rugs. <laughs> and then one day, I remember being in band practice, and people were hovering around the TV in the corner of the room. And I walk over, and I see one of the Twin Towers on fire. School lets out early. I get home, and my mom is praying that it wasn't Iran, because she understood the ramifications of that. And then, things got a little weird. The next day at school, in the hallway, in between classes, one of my favorite teachers, I really looked up to him, I spent a lot of lunch hours with him, looks at me and he says, you know, shouting over other students, what did you do? I'm confused. He's like, yesterday, what did you do? And he was implying that I was involved with 9-11. I laughed it off, but when I look back, the onus was on him to create a safe space for me, and he failed. And I became even more embarrassed of my identity. But a few months later, my dad pulled me aside, and he told me it's time to tell me a story he wanted to tell me for years. I had no idea what to expect, but he looked pretty serious. He started telling me about how in the 1970s, when he was a student, he helped lead some rallies on, on campus in Iran and Tehran to protest the regime at the time. In fact, these rallies got huge. A few of them, several thousand students came out. So he got on the list. And one day, in broad daylight, the secret police, the Savak, snatched him. He was given a life sentence without representation in 1974, and he was tortured. You know, growing up, my dad always had super ticklish feet, like you would not believe. And then he started telling me about how they had these techniques where they would, it was Nazi torture methods, they would clamp their feet, whip them, and then put them in ice, and start the process over so that they would never get sore. 
and they would force them to run across electric floors. And my dad is missing a ton of teeth. He has dentures. And all of a sudden, this stuff started making sense. And I'm around a junior in high school, and I was shocked. It was surreal. It was, you know, my dad, Muhammad, that's the most common name in the world. But he's my Muhammad. He's my dad. And for the weeks after, I was just kind of depressed. I couldn't believe my dad, this super humble, super shy, really intelligent guy, had endured this. And then I started thinking, wow, my dad was kind of a badass. <laughs> I mean, they stormed the prison in the middle of the revolution, the protesters did, and they freed all the prisoners. I mean, that's the only reason I'm even here today. And I started being really proud of who my dad was and that he stood up for what he believed in. And then I started reading more about Iran and my culture. I started reading about the Persian Empire, which we were never really taught in school. The food, the music, and on and on. And then as I went into college, I got more proactive. I became the student uh, chapter president of the Persian Student Organization. And then after college, I decided I really want to go to Iran. And my friends were like, oh, you're going to Iran? Are you serious? This is like during the George Bush era, uh, Axis of Evil era. And I just knew I had to do it. And I saw one day I went to an event on campus. There was a speaker there to talk about Iran. I was there with my free all political prisoners in Iran sweatshirt. And I go up to him afterwards. And I wanted to get a signature. And he saw my sweatshirt and he said, oh, you're Iranian. I said, yes. I said, in fact, I'm going there very soon. And he said, you're going to love it. And he signed the banner I had, enjoy your time at home. I really needed to hear that at that time. And that man was Joe Biden. And so a few months later, I'm in Iran. I was really nervous still. I get through the airport, huge sigh of relief. And then I'm in Tehran. Oh, the constant honking, the hustle and bustle, the smell of kebab in the air, I loved it. <laughs> and I went all over the country. I was there by myself for almost three months. If I had stayed longer, I'd have to join the military, so three months was it. And I got to see a lot of the beautiful geography. You know, Iran is 50% mountainous. It's only 25% arid desert. And we went to the Caspian with a group of friends with my cousin and his classmates. They were kind of on their version of a break. And uh, I remember on the drive up there, we'd stop like every hour or two, not to like have a bathroom break, but to have a dance break. Because Iranians love to dance. And, you know, we do, like, our jiggles and uh, the light bulb. Imagine these are light bulbs. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved, I discovered how quirky my people are. And I was digging it. And I thought, I am home. This is home. This is so cool. But then we start going to the shops. And, you know, when they would come out that I'm visiting from America, you know, the store owner would say, 
برای شما نه بابا مجانی شما آمریکایی مجانی for you it's free you're, you're american you're, it's free for you because they didn't see me as an iranian they saw me as someone coming from america and i struggled with that for a while when i come back to america my friends don't really see me as really american i'm the iranian guy and then came last november You know, for a long time, I've been thinking about my identity. I've been thinking about my childhood, and I've been thinking about, was I a refugee? It's something I've suppressed over the years, because I have this image of what a refugee is, and these, you know, UNHCR refugee camps, and the stories you kind of hear about on NPR. And I started talking to my dad a little bit about it, and I started reading the dictionary definition. And I realized that I actually was a refugee, and I was othering refugees. I was kind of almost embarrassed by that label. But when the travel ban came out and stories of refugee bans came out, the lines were drawn in the sand. And I knew I could hide behind my skin until people asked me what my name means or where I'm from. I do have a degree of privilege. But my brother doesn't. So I thought about him, and I realized it's time for me to start owning labels. For the first time, I'm really realizing who I am. And I thought about the Ferengi. In the Next Generation series, We're taught that they're kind of just these greedy species. They're vile. They're very one-dimensional. But then in the Deep Space Nine series, we start peeling the layer a little bit. And even the main Ferengi in that show, Quark, which happens to be the name of one of my cats, by the way, <laughs> we start realizing that they're actually pragmatic. They actually have the capacity for love. They could actually move on from their misogyny, and they could actually sometimes not just think about profit. And then I found out Ferengi is actually inspired by the Persian word for foreigner, Ferengi. And it started to make me think about the vacuum that's there if I don't speak up about Iranians and other immigrants in America. So it's super clear to me now who I am. I'm Yashar Vasef. I'm damn proud to be an American, but I'm also from Iran. And you could ask me about that. I'd love to share more about that with you. And while we're at it, let's talk some Star Trek too. <laughs> Thank you.